Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Uh, I was always am your host, Matt Folks, joining you live from San Diego, California, and I am joined by my amazing three co-hosts up there in Del Mar, California, the little uh, San Diego suburb, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, my dude? How you doing, Matt? Can't, can't complain. What a performance at the weekend. Emphatic diminish those Spurs demons for the for the at this moment in time and as we said last week now looking forward to two huge games coming up over the next couple of weeks it's uh it's crazy we are on quite a ride right now and and for being such a big sports weekend here in the United States we you know obviously with the Super Bowl and the uh for the golfers out there the waste management open going on it was an amazing way to uh kick off you know, the uh, the weekend sports-wise. Uh, joining us from New York City, as always, Mr. Jason Becker. Jason, how you feeling on this uh, Victory Monday? Doing great. It kind of felt like uh, Pappy Mendy's goal was like someone hitting a hole-in-one on the 16th of that waste yeah. management tournament you just mentioned. Definitely very but, but similar better. vibes. Definitely very similar vibes. Uh, absolute rocket. Uh, we will dive into that. Uh, down in Houston, wearing the glasses. I like those, man. I don't think I've seen those before. Mr. Jim Harris, yeah, what's up? Texas Foxes, how are you, man? Doing well, yeah. Um, it's been a long day at work, so I need to, need to wear my glasses for, uh, for, for tonight. And um, all, all, all the better after a big win against Tottenham. Always nice to beat, beat them. And they've been our bogey team for a little while, so um, even even sweeter. Absolutely. And um, yeah, like I said, it was a big sports weekend here in the U.S. So uh, it just to have that as like the cherry to start the entire weekend, it was it was perfect. And, you know, I um, I didn't even know, boys, where where do we begin? I guess we, let's let's touch on we were kind of we sounded optimistic heading into the game. Uh, if you listen to the pod last week, I think the vibes were decent that we were going to put in at least a good effort uh, coming off a of Villa match where we got to see some of the new boys shine and and uh, really kind of set the tone for where we were headed. So I don't think anybody was necessarily thinking this was going to be maybe a typical Tottenham match, the especially one like in the beginning of the year. I think we all kind of felt like maybe there's a little bit of uh, a difference coming in this match compared to the first one. And I know I my texts and messages with some other Leicester fans before the match were very confident. And I was I just woke up with a sense of confidence like, you know, why not us today at the KP? And um, man, it, it, it ended up being quite, quite the day in uh, Leicestershire, Chris. Um, let's let's well, start, take it off the bat, man. Yeah, well, it didn't start off that confident, to be honest. First 10, 15 minutes leading to their goal. Defensively, we looked a little bit like we did against Villa. It looked like we were, again, just trying to get that sense of unity and understanding each other. And I think, yes, the goal itself was pretty unfortunate. I don't think anyone could really... It just kind of hit Christiansen, went across the box. Um, But again, it was that. It was a corner. We just literally 30 seconds earlier, they'd had the same kind of routine again. And we did. it was one of those feelings where we didn't think we'd learned a lesson almost. And we conceded. But then, yeah, after that, Matt, it served like a catalyst. And from that moment on, you could only see one winner. And that is so refreshing to say. Typically, we're always on the other foot in these situations. But, yeah, after that, it was game on. And I'm sure the boys will talk about the goals. But two, three quality finishes. For all of them, quality finishes. um, A fantastic team performance. And three well-deserved points. Definitely. We came out. Uh, four three two one, uh, same as last week, and and Conte comes strolling out looking like the penultimate Bond villain. Every every year he gets a little more villainous, and he was a hundred percent looking like he had a hidden rocket somewhere um, in London that needed to be discovered by James Bond. Um, but yeah, to see you, you you spoke about that goal, but Christensen, man, like you said, thirty seconds before that, he makes one of the best saves of the season. Literally a gravity defying save where the ball's bouncing around, and all of a sudden he gets a leg and sends it out. Uh, your thoughts on that little? I mean, we'll just dive right into Jason. What your thoughts on on that whole run of play? Yeah, I mean, listen, we we came out and we did um, didn't look like we were just going to sit back, so that was encouraging. But yeah, there were some 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 shaky moments between that. Between um, uh, 
uh, you know, the fast break on, on the left wing again, which was kind of a problem against Villa, right? Giving up a lot of space there. But it was great. Christian, like it was a, it was a hell of a play to get that ball over the bar um, off that early corner. And you could see just how freaking pumped up he was, like celebrating inside the goal, which you love to see defenders who love defending. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything better than that. So, um, but yeah, it was unfortunate, kind of bounced on his right foot, his weaker foot um, on the goal we gave up. It's one of those things where um, maybe earlier in the season or maybe even a few weeks ago, right, before before the, the, the transfer deadline, we may have, like, taken that setback and really, like, put our heads down. But I think, you know, everyone, all the players looked around and said, like, look, we're not playing that poorly. You know, we're just a little – we just got to tighten up. And this was – it was a bad break. But, but we can go at these guys and we can get something out of this. And there's still enough time to do so. Right. It wasn't like one of those where, you know, three or four guys get beat by a man or there's a lapse in somebody doing their job. It was literally just a pinball fucking corner bad luck kind of thing. So I think whereas it, earlier in the season where that would have been a moment where everybody hangs their head, fuck, here we go again. Gave up a corner here, trudge back to the half line, kick the ball off. It was the exact opposite. It was it was literally like, all right, that was some bullshit, guys. Let's let's go. And and it was it's heartening to see that, Jim. I mean, compared with some of the effort that we've seen uh, earlier this season. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Jason and Chris talked about it earlier, but it was kind of like watching a bit of a replay of last last Saturday's game with going one nil down. And then quickly, you know, coming back and, and showing some showing some real steel and then taking advantage to actually go in ahead at halftime as well. And I think that's the big difference, as, as Jason said, in terms of the attitude is there. Um, I think we all felt certainly hard done by as fans with that first goal, especially, you know, um, we thought we had a let off with Christian Christensen putting it over the bar, you know, Surely you can't have the exact same corner routine and score, right? Oh, wait, hang on. Only Leicester can can do that. And it doesn't look like ben, Benton Corn knew where the ball was. So no, he didn't even really celebrate. Yeah. And then, but, you know, I think Chris spot on, like the first five, 10 minutes, like leading into the goal, we didn't, we were looked like we were learning where everyone was again. I think Papi Mendy in the second minute, gave the paid played a Millwall-esque pass but and I mean when he played against Millwall not playing for Millwall where he kind of like p-rolled it to Castagna and they nipped in and I think and ended up being a chance and so did you know and then there was that you know Parasic kind of cleaned through because yeah. I think it was Castagna had tried to go and tackle Son in their half like 15 yards into their half so you know we got we got let off but we showed there's like the determination and composure to kind of get back in and 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 get that get that goal from from the you know from the rocket and I don't know who was more surprised me or Papi Mendia but that he scored. Yeah, let's let's dive right into that. Twenty second minute, um, balls bouncing around as we've seen a hundred goals scored against us in this way where somebody just laces one and yeah, Papi takes a note out of uh, the missing Yuri Tielemans, the injured Yuri Tielemans book and just delivers a rocket that no one knew was in his arsenal. Uh, he's never even really tried that before. It's not like in Didi where we've seen him, you know, fucking do that 15, 20 times and send it <laughs> completely out and to, to send it to Seagrave basically out of the stadium. Uh, we He doesn't really even attempt those. Chris, your thoughts as you're seeing that ball bounce around, because you know, it comes out and it's bouncing towards the edge. And I'm just like, my first thought was, come on, Yuri, be Wait, there. Was, and then my brain remembered Yuri's out of the match. Who's this going to fucking be? And it's it was happening. cleared off the line. Let's not forget. Like, it was heading in. Yeah. Like, it was cleared mm. off the line. It was a great, to be honest, we under, under like, the corner yeah. was a great routine. Heading came in, off the line, comes out to Mendy. And at that point, it's all about technique. Like, as a, you see that ball coming, it's inviting, it keeps his body and head over the ball, strikes it as clean as he's ever going to strike it, Matt, as you say. And it's an absolute thunder rocket. By the time by the time the, the ball's gone in the back of the net, the keeper has just looked across and be like, oh, I'm done. And quality finish. Yeah, 
nine times out of ten, he's probably going to pull it into Rosie corner flag or whatever. But I'll take going for a throw in. Yeah, I'll throw it. <laughs> I'll take that one time when he hits an absolute rocket. And uh, yeah, great goal. Jason, speak on it. Yeah, man. I, I like it. It's been a while since I've just like let something out like I did um, for a goal because it just it came from such an unlike unlikely source. It's his first goal ever for the club. Like, when do you ever even see? Pappy Mendy around the box in the first right. place, right? So just to see him in that position, um, and it just seemed like one of those goals where, like, that he's the guys like him around the club. You can tell that his teammates like him. He's probably a good dude to to have around, and and everyone was just so happy for him. And uh, it was just it was a screamer of a goal, but it was a, just a really great way to just you know, announce to the whole stadium and everyone watching, like, we're not losing this game. Uh, you know, we're, we're here to play and, and and we've got some big moments in us. And um, it really just like, I mean, the, the stadium sounded like it erupted. We yeah. erupted at the bar and just really just then didn't stop for the rest of the game. Like, it really set the tone for uh, a good, aggressive, strong, powerful uh, rest of the game from from the boys. And it also kind of started this theme, I think, of some just pretty awful goaltending by uh, uh, Fraser Foster. Fraser Foster, yeah, he <laughs> he just he he just did not look comfortable in goal, and you can see he was uh, probably the most surprised out of anyone. Uh, Pappy Mendy's coming in, and I'm sure all the scouting reports, if, if he's even read them, would say, like, you know, don't worry about this guy shooting. <laughs> and you can see Foster's thinking that a cross is probably coming in, and he's got a bit of a screen, so he chooses to lean kind of so thing, far yeah. to the to the far post. And he, he had no ch- absolutely no chance to, to get to that. And, I mean, even if he were leaning, you know, to his left side, he probably still wouldn't have gotten anyway, but – um, we really took advantage of of him being in goal, which is great because we don't shoot enough, right? We don't pepper the goal and create these chances. And on Saturday, they did, right? They kept kept on it. When you see a weakness, Rodgers just always talk about being relentless, like that 9-0 win against uh, uh, Southampton. When you see a weakness, you go for it. You go, you know, you just hammer it. And uh, Foster was a real weak link there, and we did pepper him with with shots yeah i have no misconceptions about you know maybe it was such an incredible performance but i you know maybe we see one less on the scoreline if if larice is in there just because he's a player that always much like harry kane we'll get to that asshole but much like harry kane who plays just incredibly well against us like larice just constant he's just always making fucking saves that make zero sense and he's a phenomenal goalkeeper don't get me wrong but there's just something about playing us that larice always tends to get an extra fingertip or something happens like that um jim not to get away from the the goal though because i just want to spend a little bit more time on it i think my favorite thing about it is sometimes when we see players that aren't natural goal scorers at score goals like this it's just a case of close your eyes kick it as hard as you can um and you know kick it so hard that your boot hits your forehead if you watch that goal from mr mindy it is a controlled shot he he keeps you know he kind of doesn't whip that leg around he kind of places it it's just an incredible goal i like tell us some of your thoughts about it down in houston (laughs) i don't know what more i can say apart from uh thunder bastard um, I think yeah. we used that phrase before uh, to describe Yuri's goal, and Matt, you you put it, you know, you you, you summed it up with it being being that, um, you know, just the composure, you know, Jason saying <laughs> scouting report. I was thinking he's not going to cross it; he's going to pass it backwards or sideways. You know, he, he's probably looking out. There's no one right of me, so I can't put it out for someone to cross it. But yeah, no, it kind of was that perfect the way it came and landed, and he kind of let it bounce. I think it. It was the second bounce half volley. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember rightly, but it's just the purest strike, and it just went like a it went like a Matt Fulks uh, drive, you know, right down the middle. That you know that, that <laughs> beautiful arc and then drop 
that that you like to see when you're uh, hitting a driver um as opposed to mine that kind of just flies mid-flight and then skips along the ground and slides into the rough the opposite side of the cart path when it's raining <laughs> um so i think that's just fantastic and yeah like there's been a lot of talk about this is a guy who's gone from not even being in the in the squad last season and only coming in because of injuries to you know they extended his contract i think and then you know again a bit part player has been around the team i think he's a definition of a squad player uh listening to to radio lester and, and matt piper today he was saying he's kind of a combo of all of our other sort of sixes and center mid so he has that he has like bits of it so it's like he can't he de- he's better at passing than Ndidi, but he can't tackle as much. He's better at he's better at defensively positioning himself than Samari, but he can't pass or transition the ball. Um, so he, he's I think he's the definition of like that sort of shuttler, water carrier. You know, just be in there, be it block, block it and link up the play. I'm not sure he's quite as good at passing as Pipes maybe said. You know, as witnessed in the second minute when we would have been one nil down if it if it wasn't for that. And we've seen him under hit passes regularly, but. Look, he's the sort of player you need around the squad. Clearly, they like him. Look at the celebration. Look at the, the rest of the team going up to him as well. You know, he played in the World Cup and he didn't do himself any injustice there. He's performed pretty well. Um, so I think, I hope he gets like an extension and he, he stays around because I think we, we need him. And if he can keep popping up with the odd goal, well, you know, what, what an addition to the locker. Definitely, James. For those of you that aren't watching us live, uh, Jason had a bit of a, a bit of a question mark look on his face. There, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Piper's uh, description of of Pappy Man. I think everyone was a little like, you know, buzz from from the win, and even Pipes himself was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he said, he said Mrs. Piper player. wanted a night in, and he was like, no, honey, we're going out. You know, on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe there was still a little bit of that that left in the system. Uh, I didn't listen to what he said. So, but but Jim, I, I'll um, you know, I would think that you gave an accurate representation of of, of his words there. I think like what Pappy Mendy does is um, just make the safest, try to make the safest plays possible, right? So that's kind of like what what he's comfortable doing. He likes to get back as deep as possible uh, in transition and kind of get in line with the back line, which I always kind of have some some issues with. He does have a very high like sort of passing percentage, but if you look at where the passes go and where the stats say his passes go, they don't really go forward. They kind of go side to side, and he just makes that he's that that tries to make the comfortable play. And I think that um, you know he is undersized. Um, maybe not the quickest um, defender. So, you know, Pappy's one of those guys you love him or you just don't know why um, he's getting, you know, he's still around. So I think, though, yesterday there was still, on Saturday, there was still a little bit of that, right, where he kept kind of going back very deep and Spurs were getting the ball. The midfield were getting the ball in the middle of the park in transition. They had space. Um but I think as the game kind of went on and the, the intensity picked up, he started to do the same. I think he realized that, like, look, I can't play this safe game anymore. We need to have – in this setup, you need three active midfielders. And he just – something clicked in him, and he just started going out and seeking the ball and seeking tackles – and I was like, oh man, like this is this is the guy. Like this is the guy I've wanted to see for all these years. Um, he, I think he he put in like a, a really good, complete performance, and he defended his ass off instead of just kind of sitting back and trying to see if the play comes to him and see if he can hide behind somewhere. He went out and like like if, if a fullback went up and went on a foray up the pitch, he was there to slide out to. to slide out wide and make the tackle when we really needed one. He made a few huge tackles in the second half. We'll get to the second half and all that. I don't want to get too far ahead, but um, sorry, I, I I should keep a little bit more of a poker face. So I don't take us on these, on these tangents. I, 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 I um, deliberately quote, quoted my source. Um, I, I just felt like it was an interesting one. And I, I'm looking at sort of like, you know, looking at his heat 
the heat map and the passing, you know, most of them are still true to form and consistent with Jason's um, eye test as well. Yeah, he definitely had an, a, it was like a different player today. And, and, you know, just like Jason said, passing went forward this time. And, and speaking of players making forward passes, uh, we got a couple center backs, guys. Uh, 24th minute, Walt Foss steps up and makes an interception play. It's like a, he just steps up to the ball and puts it perfectly on a on a dime to, to Nacho, uh, who then lays it off to Matters. Um, and we go up two to one. Um, speak a little bit, Chris, about that Walt Faust move. I yeah, mean, Garth, dude, uh, Garth, that Garth, was Garth Crooks calls it the best tackle he's seen all season. I think the ex Tottenham guy. Um, I think it was a it was a real nice kind of image of how aggressive we played defensively. Um, I think we'll talk maybe more when we talk about tactics, but I think it was deliberate that we were pushing onto Kane. Like we realized that Kane plays his best. When he's in that hole between the centre-halves and whoever you've got trying to hold. And we were aggressive in trying to close that down all game. It was a great tackle. Um, fortunate that it lands at Kalechi's feet. But from that point on, it's class. And again, it's we saw it at the Villa game. One of the things that Kalechi does exceptionally well and other players up there do well is that they can now see when to play the extra pass or when to take it. And in this instance... Kalechi realised that the extra pass to Madison was the perfect thing to do. Lays it off. Great finish again. Keepers charging out at Madison. He's got a pretty small window to stick it in. Sticks it tightly in the corner. I think one of the things that we should mention, I think, as well, is that the KP was walking on Saturday. It was one of the first times that you actually, I really felt you could feel the atmosphere coming through the TV. And... I wouldn't be surprised if it was some something about the Mendy goal, the fact we were all aggressive, the Leicester fans were loud at that point, that that didn't have something on the fact that it was just Tottenham had switched off a little bit and we took full advantage of it. But yeah, I mean, I'll watch that Faust tackle every single day of the week. It was a cruncher. I think it was the way fans brought the energy from last week at Villa. Like I spoke last week about how fucking loud our guys were on the away end at Villa, and then and just the energy was brought right back um, with 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 Pappy's goal. Um, Jason, you want to speak a little bit about Wow and uh, that move that he made to get that goal started? Yeah, man. I, I don't. I, I think um, San Diego at like. Uh, Southern Cali and, and Texas food. You guys probably know a little bit more about this. It's more known for for his heat, but Foss put a little hot sauce on everything that he did. Really? I don't think Belgian cuisine is really known for that, but he really did. <laughs> and I think that goal, right, and that tackle was like kind of indicative of like what was going to go on the rest like of the game. Kane was already starting to feel frustrated. He wasn't getting much space. Early on, he had to drop back deep. Now, Kane does like to do that a lot, right? He likes to drop back um, and get the ball. But he really does that when he's suffocated, right? And he's not getting any space. And we played him tight. We played him close. And we played him really aggressively. So he had to go back. Uh, he, You know, the tackle was made around midfield, right? And, and Foss just yep. steamrolled him. And and, and it, was a, it was a hell of a play. Um, and... I mean, if you just kind of look at what what Kane, Kane did, and he, you know, had what one shot attempt. Um, he was spent. Uh, Jim's got the heat maps up. I don't know if you can see where where Kane spent most of his time, but to me, in my eyes, he spent an awful lot of time around midfield, and um, it was it was it was perfect. I mean, we really contained him really well. Uh, Suter deserves a lot of credit too. He he did a, he did a hell of a job. Uh, on Kane and kind of, you know, acted like it was just another day in the office. Like he didn't do, he said he didn't do anything special to play against Harry Kane. He wanted to play his own game. Um, Iannaccio back to the goal, gets the ball, does it better than anyone on the side. Finds Madison. Madison can probably finish better than anyone on the side. It was a great goal. And, you know, you say the King power was rocking. I'm pretty sure they like accidentally blasted, um, like a second or two of a song uh, right as right before Madison, like scored that goal. There was like a little mistake in the, uh, the PA. Um, 
So, um, but, but Madison PA. composes <laughs> ever, compo- composes ever, you know, gets that goal. It was great. And yeah, if you're a, a fan of um, aggressive defense leading to goals, man, we got to see it in the 48th minute, as you spoke his name a minute ago, Harry Sudar, the new beast uh, from the East back there, uh, just steps up and basically plays the thunder the from down under the thunder from <laughs> down under uh, plays uh, essentially another, this very similar to what uh, we saw while do. He steps up, uh, plays a ball straight through to Nacho again, which completely leads to Nacho uh, doing yeah. some crazy shit. Jim, go ahead, man. Well, I, I think, I think he meant his, unlike maybe Wout Fass's. Yeah. Uh, technically, according to the stats, I'm looking at it, Wout Fass didn't make a tackle during the game, according to t- who scored. I think they classed that as an interception for the second goal. So, hey, I, I wrote tackle in my notes. I think we all think it's a tackle. So, yeah. hey, who scored? You're wrong there. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but Matt, I think to your point on the goal, and I want to point out, it was the, it was the f- fourth minute of four minutes of added time that we scored the third goal. So again, never happens to us as, as Leicester that we get that kind of knockout punch. But I think this is why one of the reasons we signed Harry Suter, because we knew he could play the ball with his feet. He can hit those long diagonal balls. You know, looking at his um, highlights from Stoke and from Australia, he's like, he is playing those switch balls. I think it adds a lot to the game. I think he's actually... Roller kind of talk about how good fast was with the ball. I think Suter's a lot more composed. And um, I saw Jason's poker face going again, so I was quickly able to finish my sentence on that one. But (laughs) I love you, brother. Um, But I think one of the things that we saw, and I think it was a consistent theme throughout the game, was they were playing a back three, and this was like we were really pressuring those back three and it split it. And at this point, it was like, I think it was actually from a counter-attack as well. And I think Davis had kind of been progressing forward. And Suta, we, we, we turned it over and Suta saw the space where Davis was ahead. And basically Nacho kind of drifted over into that sort of right half space behind their left centre-back. And it was like perfectly weighted through. And then he had just Dyer one-on-one. And we know, you know, Eric Dyer is about as fast as, a, you know, an, the, the, the ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, so he's got the same turning circle as well. And I think Nacho had him on toast, I think is the phrase that, um, you know, he did a couple, I'm going to talk to it because it's a US podcast, you know, a couple of little jukes. He looked like Barry Sanders, you know, peak, peak, peak Barry Sanders giving him a little shift left, right, left, right, left, right. And then just kind of that, it was a Nacho finish, wasn't it? It was just that Nonchalant. slide. Rule. Yeah. He didn't, he just passes it into the bottom corner past, you know, Fraser Forster, who's got the reaction time of a, you know, a slug, um, who clearly didn't. Of an Eric Dyer. On Saturday as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that was just, it was just so nice to watch Nacho on. He, like, we know he's on form, right? But, like, that's the sort of, like, stuff that he just does. And, you know, when he's off form, he falls over or treads on the ball or something. But when he's on on peak and he's not thinking about it, much like when I'm not thinking about hitting a golf ball, I can hit a golf ball, but if I think about it, I fall over. Um, and that's the same, you know, that kind of beautiful, just like kind of bent it round dire yeah. and just picked your spot. So I think all in all, we that, like that's, you know, that, that goal, you know, two counter-attacking goals against a team that were touted for as their counter-attacking nature um, before we played them. And I think we talked last week about being worried about actually the game go, having to go to them and getting picked off behind. And I know we, you, you guys want to get into a bit more about like, they, you know, we held them in their half and they didn't, they did nothing. Matt, you mentioned Harry Kane, silent. Uh, son, pretty silent as well. I think the average heat map for the whole team for them was in their half pretty much. So anyway, that was the third goal. Um, Nacho duking around. Yeah, twinkle toes, slide rule. That's yeah. Was I the only one, guys, that saw the wide open James Madison uh, right next to him and thought, "Fucking pass it over!" But then he proved uh, no, yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, were you, were you watching the same thing? I was. Natural had one thing in mind when he got that ball, and I think it 
really taught to Jim's comment about his confidence. I think an out of confidence, a, a Nacho that didn't have the confidence may have looked to knock it by him and try and beat him for pace. But Nacho playing as confident he is, he knows he can do a man one-on-one face-up. And to Jim's point, I think one of my favourite goals to see is when an attacker has the ball, close control in his feet, and he can just knock it slightly out of his foot and then bend it round the the centre-half. And it was a quality, quality finish. I think that is so difficult. It's so difficult to do. He's got a tiny little space that he's aiming for. He's got to whip it around the centre-half, whip it into that far post and beat the keeper. And it's an incredible finish. And I think just epitomises the confidence that that lad's got at this moment in time. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Matt, he already thought, hey, Matt, as I gave you the second goal, I'm not <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um Halftime comes then. We're up 3-1 to one against Tottenham. Uh, the drinks were flowing in San Diego. I'm assuming they were in New York as well. Uh, singing and very, very confident and happy at that point. And, you know, in the past, maybe we we come out and we give up a goal early or something. And, and so you're always just kind of, we're Leicester, so let's not get too uh, happy here. It's, it's only two goal lead. But uh, we come out in the second half and uh, Nacho plays once again, an insane ball to Harvey Barnes. Harvey finishes it. It is offside. Uh, was it? That's uh, let's argue about that one, Jason. Let's get into that. Yeah, man, that was that was cruel. Uh, it was such a pretty play by Nacho. Oh. Like that little, like little sh- kind of shimmy. He that little shimmy hesitation that he did to like free up the space and get the defenders kind of like get their feet to, to cross. And to give him that that passing lane to to Barnes was was just a really just slick, sexy little play. Um, yeah. it, it was it was nice, and that like as Chris said, man, that's that's a striker who's feeling himself. That's a guy who's playing with confidence. It was a great play, great finish by Barnes. Barnes was you know marauding up and down that left side. It's funny because we've been talking about this. We're talking about all these goals. Whereas, you know, last week we were talking about Tete. Tete didn't really do much. It was the Barnes show. Barnes, Nacho, Madison were kind of, you know, we're doing all the, the, the flashy stuff. But it shows, like, when you have that threat on the other side, like, look at Barnes now with that space that he has. He can operate. He can run at He can run at the goal with pace. He can take on defenders. He can get behind. Uh, and he can also do that when you have a number nine in there that can kind of also create more space and create kind of a vacuum in, in the middle of the pitch. It was a beautiful play. It deserved to go on the scoreboard. Um, so did feel bad for Barnes. Um, but you can see, man, we were, we were, we were cruising and, and playing well, just going out there playing fun football and uh, just kind of knew that, that there was going to be another call that that was going to come. Yeah, I said to Bill, uh, one of the San Diego Foxes, when that got called back, I was like, this is just going to piss Harvey off. Just watch. And uh, sure enough, man. Uh, you want to speak a little bit more on that one, uh, Chris or Jim? Uh, just the, uh, the bullshit of that fucking VAR call. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it was this. I don't know if it was Birch who said, like, you know, was it something about, like, if he hadn't cut his toe, he should have cut his toenails before the game. <laughs> um, it sounds like a Birchism. But I think, again, it was from a counterattack. We won the ball out, but I think it showed this, like, this is kind of like how we were when we came fifth a couple of seasons, when we when we're on the good run bit, not on the back end of it. But um, very quick turnover and getting the ball, you know, vertically up the pitch. And then, Jason, as you said, like, Nacho, beautiful. Like, he basically sort of did what he did for his goal, but a bit further out and then just slid Barnes through and I think I was chatting to our friend Graham I was like just imagine this is offside and I was like shut your mouth um so um that's all I wanted to add and it was right after a chance when Barnes had put Iannaccio through and he headed it over the bar so we were looking dangerous as Chris said I uh oh sorry Chris no no go ahead go ahead I was just saying like that that VAR decision also um 
really just kind of drove home the uh, I think the, the lopsided officiating uh, in the game. Like we did not get any favors from the referees. More more than happy to to give Spurs the benefit of the benefit of the of the doubt throughout the game to pull out the cards uh, against our players. Spurs only had one card, um, and it just it was really poor poor refereeing. I thought you know and officiating. I mean the the Premier League itself just had. Um, uh, just an awful, awful weekend uh, of officiating, and so yeah. something clearly has to change there. But that's yeah. that's maybe a topic for a whole other podcast. But uh, the officiating was particularly particularly rough. Um, you know, KDH made a couple of great tackles that that he was called, um, uh, he was whistled for, and yeah, then you have this kind of VAR decision that really just goes down to how thick they want to draw the lines, um, and it was just uh, it was a play that, that that certainly deserved the goal mm. yeah so i'm just gonna echo jason's point and i mean if you listen back and watch the game there's no mention in that barn score goal from the commentary team or anybody that there's a potential offside there and i think again it and jason's right we could talk about this for hours but this weekend was shambolic refereeing mm. i mean there's been change it's all well and good coming out and saying, oh, we made mistakes, but that's not really going to help anybody at this moment in time. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, it's Tottenham get the benefit of that for their first goal. We get shit on for the second. Oh, it's, it's a tough lot. But, yeah. but you mentioned at half-time, Matt. I just wanted to echo this. Like, I was still a little bit nervous going into yeah. that second half because it only took 3-2 all of a sudden you could feel that maybe there would there was a momentum shift and maybe something would happen. So, yes, we did that goal didn't count. But to me, what that goal kind of epitomised was that that aggressive nature we had in that second half and that desire to go get more, not sit back. And I think it led, I think, ultimately to that, yeah, Barnes' fourth. Jim, what were you going to say, buddy? No, I was going to say it's like that. It's like watching the Olympics long, long jump, isn't it? And there's like... The slightest of indentation on the plasticine on the on the board of like oh no you know you think they've broken the record and it's like oh no by a, a nat's knob it's it's offside <laughs> yeah i and I, then I, I, yeah, it was our friend friend of the pod friend of leicester city mike dean is the fourth official and i'll um i'll save till we get to the fourth goal what i wrote in the chat um with my celebration <laughs> on that well it it, it just speaks to the resiliency of this new – I'm going to go ahead and call it this new team that we have suddenly have because when you look at our performances beginning of the year to where we are now, it is like a new team. And, you know, we've eaten a shit ton of uh, Brendan Rodgers-flavored crow on this podcast, as I think every Leicester City fan who's honest with themselves um, has in this season. And Brendan said – we need that new player bounce, and that's why he was so adamant about getting guys in. And sure enough, guys, we're seeing that new player bounce um, and what it has done to this team because how many times in the past have we seen a team get shot like we have and we go down and we just get down on ourselves and it's the same shit, um, let alone when you have – they're playing with 12 guys, if you include the referee, to, to Jason's point, where they're getting the calls, they're getting the cards. Like it, The writing was on the wall for us to either – give up on that, get pissed about it and start getting flagrant, uh, get a red somewhere, go down to 10 men. And then we didn't do that. We coalesced around each other. We realized the situation that was happening and we came out and we put it in. And, and to that same point, Harvey Barnes gets a little pissed off about that bullshit offsides goal and scores in the 80th minute on almost an exact uh, replica of Nacho's goal where he just, you know, doot, 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 bend it in and his beautiful goal, Jason. Uh, speak to the, resili- the resiliency of this team. Yeah, it was hilarious, like, how similar it was to – it was just like the mirror image of Nacho's goal. It was just a player doing it with his right foot. Um but, you know, I, I, I wonder if that's something that they noticed about Foster um, and it was like, tr- you know, try to get him to 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 move from Chip side around. to side there. Yeah. Or he's uncomfortable with the screen, you know, just get, get it on goal. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, you can see on, on that play, um, Christensen is bombing up the pitch and he's like screaming for the ball. Um, but it just shows like, you know, we, we – you talk about these this new player balance, this new this new team we've got. Here we have you know in the what eighties, the 
80 something minute. We have a left back who still has the energy to kind of bomb up the pitch, still has the energy to yell and scream and demand the ball. Doesn't get it. Um, if you freeze it, it almost looks like he's celebrating the goal before it goes in, but he's still like past me. That's the fucking ball. But then it's, you know, the, the ball goes in and, you know, it's all, all's good, all's well, all's well that ends well. And he's just as happy for, for, for Barnes as uh, probably Barnes' own mum is. And so it was a, uh, it was just a good moment. I think, I think it really um, summed up the performance. Um, we, we played with a lot of energy, um, wanted to make sure that we finished the job. And, and Matt, you said it, man, there's so many times that we've seen it uh, where we just kind of don't know what to do with the lead. Just have no, no idea what to do with it. Right. Don't know how to see a game out. And these guys, you know, they, they did a, a hell of a job uh, seeing the game out. And Spurs really did not have very many good looks um, at goal in that second half. I mean, and you would think that, that they would be pouring on the pressure and just, we just, they just couldn't. There was just nothing for them. Yeah. It's good to see us step on a fucking throat. You know what I mean? And not be like, oh, we're up three to one. Let's sit back. No, we, we got a gr- more aggressive, stepped on their throat and, and put it away, Chris. Uh, the, the difference for you there, do you think it's just a mentality of, of these news? I mean, Christensen is one of the most aggressive players I've seen play for us in a long time. And I'm loving it. Yeah, it's energy, isn't it? It's energy from the manager. You saw him in the first half. He was throwing his book around. He was an, he was excited. It and it manifests itself through the team. I think, yeah, it sounds daft, but if you were a neutral watching that game for the first time, and you said one of those teams is fifth in the Premier League, one of those teams is five points above relegation. Nine times out of ten, they get it the wrong way around. It was that yeah. such a it was a performance that was indicative of a top six side than it was of a side that's really struggled all season. And Matt, I think you're right. The three players, and we've been a huge catalyst. The energy is there. The just the It's amazing what a change can do for your mentality. I know people often think some, that some people will often, in our world, maybe someone will move a job or you'll move to a new area or whatever it is. And that, that change just manifests and acts as a catalyst for positive things to happen. And it just seems here again that those signings have just been that impact that the whole club has needed. I mean, we talked about earlier, the Birch was incre- was so great on Saturday, hearing him at the game. He obviously, you could see that Madders post after the game on Instagram, how much the Birch means to him as well. And I think little things like that and having that spirit in the club is just huge. And it will be huge now for the remainder of the season. Maybe Birch can write up his new fucking contract then and he'll sign that <laughs> then. Because that, that would be cool if we can get that on Jason. Yeah, I would say um, I'm going to get to the players in a second. But Chris, since you mentioned the Birch, um, you know, for a lot of American fans, you may not know really much about him and, and who he is. But, you know, uh, he is a player. Play, you know, he played for the club decades ago, not from Leicester, but kind of became an adopted son of, of the city and of the club and has served as a club ambassador for, for decades, kind of saw us through administration saw all the heartbreak, saw all these folks getting laid off and losing their jobs, but he's always kind of been around the club um, serving as an ambassador. And he's um, had plenty of health scares. He's been probably clinically dead several times, but he's always kind of, you know, that heart keeps ticking and keeps bleeding blue. Um, he's just a really, really wonderful man too. He's hilarious. One of the funniest human beings I've, I've ever met in my life. Um, and he's a really, really special person to have around and kind of really lifts people's spirits when he, when he's, when he's around the place. And so it's really, it was it's just touching to, to see him back, to see him looking good and, and healthy. Um, you know, just, just absolutely love the man and kind of, you know, think about him almost like as he's like, a, you know, an uncle or a grandpa of mine. And like, I think a lot of Leicester fans kind of see, Birchie like that. He's that, you know, kind of silly uncle that that'll show up um, for the Sunday roast or in America for Thanksgiving and just kind of crack, crack the whole family up. Um, or you take him out for a night out and you're going to have the best night ever. Uh, so, so love you, Birchie. It's great. Great to see you. 
see it back out there. And, and I think, you know, you, you, you nailed it. It kind of really kind of invigorates the place. And I'll just propose a thought to all of you guys now going back to the players. It almost feels like we have more than three new signings, right? Mm. We've got a number nine that we've kind of, you know, just been not getting the best out of that position all, all year. And now Ian Nacho's getting to start and getting to start on his own playing really well. Madison has been out for a while. You can see we look like a completely different team without him. We need that brilliance. Madison is back. You know, obviously we had the, um, the, the, the three new signings who have all like hit the ground running. And then just, uh, I think, you know, we talk about these feel good moments around, around the King power, uh, around Filbert way on, on Saturday, but you know, what was better than seeing Ricardo come back out there and, you know, hell of a job by the boys to, get the game to a comfortable point by then. So we're, we could get Ricardo out there. And, and he's a guy that really deserved that ovation from the home fans. We let out a big roar in, in New York. Uh, you can just see what he's, what this guy has been through over the last few years. Um, he's really just, you know, it's been a horror show of, of injuries, but he's stayed positive. He's really worked his butt off. You can just tell he's just, you know, another one of those guys that's just a good dude. People like him. He likes being around the club. And we know how good he is. We know he's one of the best right backs in the world when he's fully fit. So um, hopefully, you know, we can see more and more of Ricardo. Um, and that just is going to, uh, you know, if he gets back to to anything close to what he was before all these injuries, um, you know, we could be in for, for a very special run uh, to close out this season. Hell yeah, man. And I think there's something to be said too here, guys, about there's been a lot of questions about our recruiting department uh, the last couple of years. And I'm trying not, you know, I'm not getting ahead of myself here, but it surely looks like we figured it out uh, on these three. And fuck me, man, if we can get back to a semblance of the recruiting success that we had uh, years ago that we more more to it chris i think that that's just going to uh be an influx so yeah i i'm excited uh about where these guys are what do you think yeah I, it's three yeah i think i echo just jason's points i think it's a perfect we've got three new players but then like you said people coming back seeing ricky p play i mean one person we haven't even talked about today was tete i mean he didn't really do anything when he was on the pitch, kind of, he was a little bit quiet. He had a few touches here and there. And another person, Matt, like we haven't even mentioned the fact that we didn't really miss Yuri this game as well. I mean, he was a late scratch. Everybody was, there was a little bit of like, oh crap, what are we going to do? We're missing one of our best players. And I think it just epitomizes that mentality that we now have, that it is almost like a next person up. Let's fill that gap. Let's go as a team. And, rely on us to to get the three points job done there's competition yeah for almost every spot in the in the starting 11 now yeah which is good yeah that's healthy and, it, and you know these aren't it's not like we brought in you know veteran players here that were going to impart their knowledge and experience on the locker room we brought in three hungry fucking young dudes that came walking in and said what like the Come on. Like, that's how I feel about it. These guys, these they're not old dudes that have been around. Like, they, these are guys that just came in, brought their energy, brought their youthfulness, brought their vigor. And I think the locker room has just looked around and just been straight injected to it, to Brendan's point, as he said this would happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm super excited about it, Jim. Anything before we move on that you want to say about the new guys to, to round us out here? Um, yeah, I think... Obviously, the recruitment department, Martin Glover, is going to be the, the big the big litmus test will be what we do in the summer with a lot of changes coming up. And that's for a future pod. Um, I think the three that have come in, to add to what you said, Matt, I think it's also their footballing intelligence. And all three of them have got very high footballing IQ. And that's something that we historically had brought in. And we, we need a lot more of because Christensen's positioning and to go with his energy is way above, you know, Luke Thomas, who kind of looks like he's lost sometimes, poor lad. And he just needs to kind of get 
in, a, in you know in a less of a spotlight and be able to to to, to learn that craft. Luke needs you know, to go it, hang out at Stoke, like and get some yeah, of that championship exactly. time that, that sharp and hairy. Yeah, well, if 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 Harry Suter is any uh, indication of what it's like to be coached there, you know, he is. I think he is kind of like that under the radar signing for me because he's not flashy. Obviously, his pass through to get the assist on Saturday was fantastic, uh, but. I watched him very closely in, in his, on his debut against Villa because I was excited about him because having a leader at the back that maybe he adds you know, fast as a leader, but he adds a lot of calmness in terms of his leadership and he adds sort of that solidity of he's not going to go wandering off and if he is, he's doing it in a, in a, in a manner where he's thought through where he's going to go um, and he can play the ball and he's pretty comfortable on it too. So that to me, you know, you've got that balance of then him sort of, and Christensen just creating that sort of more calmness. And then you've got, you know, Tete, obviously. And I think to Chris's point, Brendan said after the game, Tete was sort of deliberately less involved on Saturday because he kept him forward as an outlet. And that meant Barnes needed to drop and worked harder, but also it played to Barnes's strength, which is can run on, you know, late runs through or run with the ball. And so he's very good in transition, as we know. He's typically been poor, when it kind of came to the, he's receiving it, he's got to do something. So I think it, to add to Jason's point of like the new signings and the new thing, I think it feels like sort of a, a new, like the managers had a bit of a reboot um, down to the fact that I think, I don't think anyone can grumble about the substitutions. You know, you were talking about how we're going to hang on. And, you know, he brought, uh, he brought in, um, who was it first? Ndidi, like for, and it was a nice like for like. It wasn't sort of, oh, I'm holding on to this, you know, 3-1. I'm going to go shut down and bring on, you know, CAGs and go to a back five and invite pressure. Right. It was, no, I'm going to bring in Ndidi. It was a good situation because I think he actually played quite well. He got a, a few tackles in and he, he he kind of looked like he could get up to speed. And then, you know, I think the subs for Inacho and Tete, for Vardy and Pratt were the right call as well because it was Vardy just could go and, run and hound and do what he does. And Pratt has been pretty good on that right-hand side and can tuck in and work hard. We know he'll he'll give that defensively. And then, yeah, Jason's nailed it with Ricardo, like loving to see. And at first he was playing 10 because he went off for matters and he stayed in the 10 spot. And I'm like, oh, blimey, what's happening here? He's playing 10. This is amazing. <laughs> and then he kind of saw him and Pratt cross over. And I was like, oh, that would have been great to see Ricky P. You know, we haven't quite got the um, Portuguese uh, right flank connection yet. Um, but I think that's going to come. So um, I think it's just been fantastic and really seeing the new signings come in has been, been great. And, and it seems like they've been there longer than whatever, you know, three weeks. Definitely does. The Portuguese connection on the right. It's going to happen. Just everyone just keep sending out the vibes. All right. It will happen. I love you boys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, and yeah, eventually. guys, get ready next week because uh, it's going to be a yeah. big one. And those players and, uh, that, you know, we talked about, they're, they're all young players, Sunday, they're all hungry. Time, usually right they're all really experienced uh, for their age Pacific, and being in big situations. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining Tete us as always and, on the U.S. Foxes and podcast for Chris, Jason, and Jim. I, as always, am your host, Matt. In the we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. And freaking Harry played his ass off against Messi in the World Cup. So... These guys, you know, know how to play in high stakes situations. And I think that's also really key. Yeah. yeah, it's good. You said calming presence. And when I think of calming presence, I immediately think of our uh, Northern Irish security blanket, Johnny Evans. But, you know, whereas Johnny, he he doesn't make those passes like we saw uh, in this game. He's he's back there and he's holding Cag's hand when, when he's healthy, but he doesn't make those those offensive minded plays like we saw this week. So I, I, I really, really am excited, guys, for for where we could uh, be heading with this with this group right now. And uh, also, did anyone else notice that the camera angle of the KP makes Sutter look an absolute giant? I don't know about anybody else, but like. When you looked at him, you just looked at a unit back there. It was like the first time in a while I've seen a city defender back there. I'm like, yeah, he's a centre half. Like I can deal, I can cope with that. Like 
He's a big boy. Yeah, Jim, I don't know if it's the camera angle. I just think he's a big <laughs> ass dude. Like I love it. I love it. I love the fact that, you know, he put Harry Kane in his damn pocket. Like there were no nerves about that. It was just like, I'm gonna dominate your ass today, boy. And and he did it. Yeah. And uh oof, well, I think man, yeah, I, I think also oh, also that that calmness was I can't remember what minute Wild Fast got booked. It was like pretty early. It was early. Yeah, it really early. Twelve minutes, seven, got something like that. Yeah, twelve minute. So he played. He played seventy-eight minutes on a booking, and and it didn't affect didn't, his aggressiveness. You know what I mean? No. Like he made smart plays still. Yeah, and so I think that was something that I was like, you know, he's the sort of guy who you kind of think, hey, he's a bit of cags like, and he's going to get a red, and what's going to happen? But he didn't. He kind of just kind of went through it and showed some composure. So. You know, I want to add that to sort of footballing. You know, he's been a bit of a harem scarum recently, but I think that was one of his better games. For sure. Okay, guys. Right. Well, let's go around. Um, let's let's speak on our man of the match because it was kind of a, uh, depending on what source you were looking at, we saw everyone from Harvey to uh, Nacho to Sudar. So, Chris, go ahead and give us your man of the match. We'll just dive right through it. Ian Nacho, score one, set one up. Just to turn himself into a fantastic number nine has to be him. Jason? Yeah, um, Ian Nacho, I think he was robbed of an assist, so could have been a goal and, and two assists with a very, very honorable mention for um, for Pappy Mendy, I think, who had the, the, the most difficult job um, out there on the pitch to kind of get thrown in like he was. And so Pappy did great. Jimmy? He's magic, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's magic, we knew. So that's a that's a four for four for Nacho on the uh, on the man of the match vote for the U.S. Foxes podcast. At least uh, the man is in form right now, and and coming into some like we we've talked about. We, there's some big ass matches coming, and uh, we, we we're gonna need that going on uh, for our our favorite Nigerian. Um, on that note, guys, let's look ahead to next week. Uh, just United, just Manchester United. So um, they uh, they they have a nice coming off a nice win against Leeds for them. Um, who 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 would have thought Jesse Marsh wasn't the problem? Uh, but they also have to play Barca on Thursday in the Europa League before they get to us. Um, looking at that, Jason, you think that's that's got to be an advantage for us, right? Yeah. It, well, I don't know if it's it helps us. It definitely helps us because that that Thursday to Sunday, as we know, um, is pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. We we've seen our league form uh, suffer as a result of, of having to play those Thursday night games uh, in Europe. So, Barca will be a tough test. Um, yeah, I mean, you, this is a big game still, though, for United. They're kind of on the outside looking in um, to win the league. Um, you know, they're they're not out of it yet. Um, they're tough though. Um, they're playing really well. We've been, you know, shaky, giving up a lot of attacks on the left side, and probably they have one of the, the the hottest players in the world right now in Rashford, just storming down that side. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really it's gonna be tough. But we've given United a lot of good games over the last few years. So um, this is probably the best time to go in there and play them. We'll have a full week's rest, and um, we have a really really confident side right now. So. Um, you know, these were tough games that we're not out of, you know, the relegation mix just yet, but to get um, three points to start off a run of fixtures against, um, you know, Spurs, United, Arsenal kind of, you know, allows us to play a bit with house money um, uh, this weekend. So I, I think that'll help to not have that kind of pressure. We were looking at this lineup of games <laughs> six weeks ago <laughs> i tell you what boys it was not looking pretty when you're looking at your position that far down in the table and then it's like oh by the way uh in february you get tottenham then you get united then you get arsenal um yeah i was not feeling confident and man it's exact opposite now could you could lester city stock be any higher for you chris uh and how speak how important that performance was heading into this fucking match i mean to jason's point we're probably playing against the informed player in the world right now in rashford i think defensively this is going to be a huge test 
not only for the fact that United played with width with Rashford and Sancho, but now you've got that physicality of Veghorst up there as mm-hmm. well. Like, I think it's going to really push us. Forward-wise, I wouldn't... I think we'll score. I really do think we'll have a chance. I think we can finish. I just think it's going to be a huge test, especially given what we've seen for those first two games, where that first 10 to 15 minutes, it's almost like, who are you and what position do you play? Like, we've got to make sure from the get-go against United that we know our roles, we understand what we're doing, because if we don't do that, you could see us go one, two behind quickly and then it being a mountain to kind of overcome. Yeah, I think it's going to be very important for, uh, you know, Sudar and, and the young boys to come in with that confidence high and have that same attitude towards Rashford that we had towards Harry Kane. Fuck you, dude. We're in this league now, and we're going to put you in your place. Jim, your thoughts going into this match? Um, I, I'm with Jason. I think it's like we've got we've got the two wins from, so we've got six points out of what we thought we might get one out of these four games, if, if the way we were playing before. Um, yeah, Chris right, Rashford worries me. He's the, probably the best player. Like, most informed player in, in the Premier League, certainly. But does that, does that mean the world? I don't know. Um, I'm very worried about if we do what we did and we've done about leaving the right-back spot open and he's there, holy crap, we're in big trouble. So, um, but I think we, I think if we can go one up, we need, we can maybe control the game a bit more. And I think we've got to just be really in their faces. I think, pressuring them and and getting into maybe maybe sort of stopping them moving the ball around we'll see i think ericsson not being not being fit is going to help because it sort of subdues a little bit of their creation in midfield sabits is a more of an up and down a dude they've got this new center back that's um i saw a tweet today he who, who plays and when they when he plays they win 85 percent of their games and his name is um harold magiwea I can't remember. I, I don't know where he came from, but you know, I think we can target him. And if you know Nacho can play like he's been playing, then we've got we've got that. So who knows? It's it's. But I think this one is the most exciting in terms of like this is going to be a game and a half. C- Casemiro's suspended also. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, so, which is brilliant. That's lovely. That's so lovely if it's Fred me. versus Mendy, it's the battle of the crabs. <laughs> and then, yeah, the what's the height level? What's the height on those two? What were you gonna say, Jason? No, it's just that Casemiro's uh, suspended. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's huge. That's another that's another it. another reason for us to go out there and just try to get something out of the game. Yeah. Does anybody I else? Exactly your boys' points as well. Um, next weekend's in general a really interesting round of fixtures because you've got quite a few of the sides at the bottom of the league playing each other. So. From, a, from one of those standpoints as well, it's you're not going to see us tumble down the table. You may see teams get a little bit closer, but it's not like a single loss is going to result in us finishing the bottom three. Like So I think from as long as we can put a performance in, I think that's the thing here. We're dealing with house money. It's about putting that performance in and continuing the momentum. If we can do that, yeah. then who knows? Well, and- for the first time in a long time, I actually am not – you know, I'm not at the point where it's like, oh, fuck, we're just, you know, I actually do have some confidence in the side, Jason. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I'm not sure if it was mentioned before, but Casemiro is suspended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, heard, I heard somewhere that Casemiro was suspended. I'm not sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think Pipes oh. mentioned it when he was talking about um, Mendy. Someone <laughs> someone mentioned it for they've sure. They've got a hybrid of Casemiro in. Um, Ca- yeah, Casemiro. Um, Prime Gattuso, N'Golo Kante. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I guess, let, I just hope that it's not the weekend that Forrest decide to turn up and beat Man City, though. Oh. Like, that, that's kind of, like, I'm hoping that Man City in the form they showed against Villa will, like, put, like, 15 past them. That, that, you know, I'll take losing our um, away record win for, for Man City. <laughs> 15. Definitely. I Every time we play United too, am I the only one that just like wishes there was more to dislike about Marcus Rashford? Like every time I'm like, fuck, 
God, I hate him, but he does all the best yeah. things in the world, and he's like adopting children and saving yeah. rare species of animals. Like, what the fuck does the guy not do wrong off the pitch? And it's, <laughs> God, it just sucks. It's the exact opposite of last week with Kane. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, what would you do? Like, you wouldn't like spit at like Gandhi in the face, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. he's just so good. Yeah, um, I, know, like, Harry, and, Harry uh, I do. I, I like for non Leicester players. I have um I have all the time in the world for for Marcus Rashford. I think yeah. he's, uh, he's shown himself to be you know a re- remarkable um, human being who you know um does a hell of a lot for 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 other people. That Unlike being Harry said, Kane is a Patriots fan. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, that being said, uh, Marcus, uh, feel free to have some bad food the night before and shit your pants and yeah, can't make match. That'd be cool with us. Yeah. One of your school dinners. Good. Some bad, some bad paella against Barcelona. Something, something, just get something. Um, cool guys. Well, with that guy, I think we've pretty much summed it up. It's a massive one, uh, but we're already playing with house money the way this team's playing right now, and uh, you couldn't be anything but happy right now if you're a Foxes fan. So, if uh, if if you're not, I don't know what to tell you because because compared to where we were, guys, doing this podcast a few weeks ago, it, it's it's night and day. So. Um, on that note, boys, thank you for joining us uh, on the U.S. Foxes podcast uh, for Jim, Jason, Chris, and uh, the rest of the listeners out there. We can't thank you enough for doing this. A uh, little fun note I just saw this week. I haven't even shared this with you guys yet. Uh, we were ranked 170th in soccer podcasts, which when you look at how many soccer podcasts there are, there are well over a thousand. So thank you guys for listening out there it means the world to us like 178 sounds like a big number but when you put it into perspective it's fucking crazy that we have that uh sort of imprint so thank you for listening thank you for spreading the word telling your friends and family about the pod because yeah it's to come on here and just we literally would do this if we didn't have a podcast like the four of us would just meet up and probably facetime and talk about this shit so the fact that we have guys like listeners like you that want to want to hang out and hear what we have to say we can't thank you enough so um on that note guys big match against uh united this weekend uh tigers back in riviera <laughs> it's gonna be a crazy weekend so Casimero's thank you for joining us casamara suspended <laughs> yes exactly so on that note guys thank you for joining us the u.s Foxes podcast and uh, we will see you next time